0: Hey, welcome back to the PMR show. This is episode two, and we're going to do a Q&A. Um, we got a bunch of questions through DMs, emails, all of that, and they're all really good, so we're going to go through that and try to go through them as quick as possible.
1: There's a lot, so we might not make it through every uh, one of the questions, but we will try to make it through as many as we can, and um, it's good. It's a good uh, day because I'm definitely feeling a little unhinged, so... <laughs> So let's, uh, let's go. Let's just start right away. Let's get okay. into it.
0: Okay. We'll start here. Okay. How did Paul start and acquire his companies, and why did he choose the industry he did?
1: So how did I start the companies, and how did I choose or how did I acquire? Uh, so I've done all of the above i've i've started companies i've acquired companies and the reason that we chose the businesses that we did so i'll start with the the preschools we did that because that was um or is my wife's passion and that's it kind of flowed right into that uh she was uh watching i was i had a corporate job at that time and uh She was watching some kids at home and she created such a demand because she provided such high quality care um, working at home that she actually ended up with almost a two year waiting list. And so we said, okay, this would be good to build on that because there was such a demand. She had built a a name for herself in the community. And so um, actually came a time when there was a, a preschool that came available for sale, it was really close and and here's the power of of your mind okay because we would drive by this little preschool all the time and it was in a tiny strip mall and for some reason she put her mind on that preschool and she says I want to own that preschool one day and i always looked at her and said are you nuts it's in a it's in a strip mall why do you want to own that one and she's like i don't know i feel like i want to own that one but we i just kind of bypassed it didn't think anything about it And um, one day all of a sudden the opportunity came up and lo and behold, the preschool that was actually for sale was that uh, preschool. And so we ended up acquiring that business. But here's the funny thing is we actually created a business within our house first. Uh, I created the LLC. We actually had, you know, business bank accounts, everything, tax ID number, everything. And that little tiny business acquired the bigger business, uh, which was in the the strip mall, and, and actually, I want to say had maybe 125, maybe 150 children in that school. So, um, you, you know, you don't always have to get big to then acquire. It was literally this tiny little company out of a basement that acquired a business in the, um, you know, a commercial business. So. Uh, we did that. The other reason, uh, so I then started. So that was an acquisition. Uh, a company that I started from the ground up was the mortgage company. Um, I started that company because I always am looking for where the the widest margins are, and in mortgages, there's a, there's a pretty wide mo- uh, margin there. So you can actually make a lot of money when you're doing a you know six hundred thousand dollar loan. You're potentially looking at anywhere between six and twelve thousand dollars in income. That's gross income. I mean, if uh, you know there's splits or whatever, then it could be a little bit less. So I built that company from myself. We ended up having nearly over a hundred, uh, just over a hundred people in that company, uh, doing business in about four states. Uh, then came the recession, and I actually uh, kind of saw that coming for a long time and gave that uh business basically gave that business away i say i sold it in march of 2008 but really i just gave pretty much gave it away but it was debt free so moved on from that and uh, focused my attention to the schools which at that time we had been on an acquisition frenzy and were up to about seven locations at that time and uh my wife Said, look, you know, I really could use your help on this other side. So I went and started working over there uh, on that. So really my decisions were based on my wife's passion would be one, but the other is margins. I always liked real estate because there's there's margin there, right? It's not an easy business, it's difficult, but if you're selling mortgages, you're looking at, you know, you do a million-dollar loan, you're talking about ten thousand dollars on one deal so you know work smart you know not necessarily harder and that's the reason I chose that real estate's the same way when you're looking at a million dollar sale you're looking at a thirty thousand dollar commission on one transaction now everyone's going to think oh I'm going to run out and be a realtor please don't (laughs) and and as you know it's not that easy so why don't you tell a little bit because there is big margin there and you have done extremely well and you are uh, you know, thoroughly impressing me. I mean, you're so busy. You know, we actually got to get through this pretty quickly because you have several showings today. You're working with multiple clients at once. You got several homes under contract now at this point. But it wasn't that easy. It's taken you some time to get there. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of people may think, oh, well, I'm going to go sell million-dollar homes. What is your comment Well, on people
0: that? think it's easy because the schooling part is easy because you go in, you're in school for like a month max, take your test, pass, okay, but then you have to pay for that, then you have to pay for your board, you have to pay for um, your monthly fees, all of that, and that can start adding up. And then it comes down to, you actually have to go and get clients. That's the hardest part is going to find clients that will trust you for the biggest purchase of their life. Um, And then bringing it to closing and then, yeah, okay, say you make $30,000, okay, well, you're gonna get taxed later. And then if you tie, then everything like that. So it's not an easy thing to go and do. It's hard. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of work. And you, people say you get to make your own schedule. That's kind of true, but when you're first starting off, it's not. I'm working seven days a week, morning to night. That's it. Like I don't get, I don't just choose my own schedule. I don't get to hang out by the pool. I don't get to go to the lake. I don't get to do any of that because there's just no time if you want to make money and pay your bills. So it's not just an easy get into. It's you better love it, or you're you're probably just not going to be successful at it, like anything else.
1: Right, right. So you know, I think that that's. A, so what would you say is actually your average transaction size? Because you don't just go get into real estate and all of a sudden start selling million dollar homes.
0: No, yeah. Um, the first deal that I ever did was, I think, two hundred and eleven thousand dollars. And what would you um, say your
1: average is today, though? A few years later
0: average home sale price that i do right oh geez i don't even know maybe like i'm kind of all over the board right now okay so if you had to average that and
1: cut it in the middle i mean from what you've told me i'd say maybe around 600 400 is probably like if you're adding
0: them up yeah maybe around 400 ish Mm -hmm. but then i get like random i get bigger ones from my sphere than i do from like the clients that your brokerage Uh, like gives you which Mm -hmm. not every brokerage does that by the way you have to find a good one but
1: Mm -hmm. so that's how I would say that's how I acquired that's why I always jumped into the businesses that I did also I got my real estate license I did that primarily just to get uh, purchase my own properties Uh, as I was investing I thought well you know hey there's if I'm buying a $500,000 property that's a you know you know $15,000 $15,000 commission. I pretty much am with a 100% broker. So I only pay like $250 per transaction. And I did that just primarily for myself. But other people would come to me and say, hey, would you mind helping me buy a house? And so I did. And, and that's just that's why I chose the industries that I've chosen is which is the high margin. You, If you're going to go and you're working just as hard to sell something that uh, you're going to make $100 on, why not go and find an industry that you're going to can have the opportunity to make $10,000 on. So set your limits higher, look for the industries that provide a higher margin, and then go sell the hell out of that.
0: Yeah. My advice is just have a passion for what you do, or you're going to hate your life.
1: Absolutely. If you don't love
0: what you do, you're just, you're going to drain.
1: Yep. So but hope that answers your question and we'll, uh, we'll go Well, also you
0: missed that you... Okay, yeah, you created the child cares with mom, mm-hmm. and then you did mortgages. You also did real estate. You did it for yourself, but you also flipped a couple homes.
1: Yeah, so uh, we also used to flip homes, many homes. did
0: hard money loans. Uh,
1: also, yes, I used to provide hard money loans to uh, people who flip homes. So I provided the financing to them. I would make you know money on that, and I didn't have to do anything. I just sent a wire. So... Um, I was a lender in a way by providing hard money, which means I'm charging a, a higher interest rate. But there's a lot of safety in that too because you're, uh, you know, I would have a, a, a stake on the property. So if they didn't pay, I would own the property. Right. So I also did that, yes, and moved on from that. So we sold the, thank you for keeping me on track, we sold okay. the, the schools. And I always looked at how much rent we were paying per month. And I thought, wow, if I could be on that side rather than be the tenant, I thought that's where I want to be. And so when we sold all the schools, is we were up at one point, up to one point, we were paying about $150,000, $170,000 a month in rent. And so, and that's on several locations, obviously, that's not on one location. But I just thought, you know, it just seems like a, an easier place to be. So when we sold all of the schools, I decided that's the side I'm going to be on. And so I started acquiring commercial properties at that point. And now I have large corporations that pay me uh, rent. And, that's... and
0: now he's really just an investor, invests in a bunch of stuff. I still have a school in Texas, but I'd say mom's kind of more. We
1: have a couple schools in Texas, but I'm really more on the real estate side. I'm I'm an investor. That's what I am today. I focus on 100% in investing, and I invest in businesses. I invest in um, uh, commercial real estate mostly. I've pretty much sold off all of my residential real estate that I used to have. There's just again, there's higher margin in commercial real estate.
0: where you started was buying these little gross apartments in Aurora. Colorado.
1: Gross, I wouldn't say they were gross. Okay, I they mean they really were
0: gross, but they were kinda in the hood. You know
1: what? Green money's green money. So exactly. But that's where you started because
0: it was cheap.
1: Well yeah, I mean So like you're
0: not gonna get in, you're not gonna be able to go buy a huge commercial building look, right I'm, away. You I, start
1: that's correct. Shopping. I look for opportunity and exactly. back then during the the recession, there were homes that I could pick up, condos that I could buy for fifteen thousand dollars. And I like looked at that and said, "Wow, I can't even buy a car for fifteen thousand right. dollars." So I started buying these condos as many as I could. I offered some of these to some friends and family. I said, "Look, let's go in on it together." Uh, you know, one of my best business partners that I have out there is is your grandfather. You know, my dad, and um, he said, "Yeah, let's do it." And so, yeah, years down the road, we collected a lot of rent on those and later sold them for, you know, mid 100. So, uh, you know, then we converted that money also into more commercial buildings, which are much bigger transactions. So yes, if you wanna start small, look for one house. If you really wanna do it and you're just starting out, a lot of people that I know, they get an FHA loan, they go find a fourplex or a duplex. They live in one side or in one unit And they rent out the other three or the other two or the other side, the other one. And they live in it for a while. Then they go buy another house and then they rent out the one that they were living in. And now they have a duplex or triplex or fourplex that they're now leasing.
0: And also just you could always ask like a friend or a parent, hey, you want to go in on this together? And that way you're not having to put so much money down by yourself. But right. So that's sums up kind of what he did to what he does now yes i'm a full-time investor today because i'd say you have a passion in investing
1: i'm a passionate investor investing yes Yes. (laughs) that's my passion is investing
0: (laughs) um okay next question let's start let's speed it up a little um how do you approach goal setting and how often do you revisit
1: i approach goal setting i would really say daily now how often do I write my goals down not as often as I should and that's probably something that I need to to practice on a little bit Uh, because I would say really you need to write down your goals uh, if not daily at least at the very very least weekly and I used to do my goals on Sundays and see that's what often happens is you write your goals down you write them down I typically roam down on Sunday. I would sit there and kind of meditate on it, kept thinking about it. I would think about it, you know, when I would go to bed, I would, you know, say my prayers and then I would think uh, about my goals and I'd fall asleep to thinking about my goals. i try to envision them as I go to sleep. Uh, but then you start reaching those goals and all of a sudden you get a little bit complacent and you kind of fall off on that. And I would say maybe, you know, so, you know, like I said, I'm growing here with you as well as we talk. And, and I think that's something that I'm going to work on a little bit as well. Start doing them on Sundays again. Yeah. And, uh, so, but I'm constantly, constantly revisiting in my mind those goals. What I would say going backwards to you guys is don't set your goals low. Set your goals as high as you can because it is unbelievable how you actually can reach those goals. And then when you didn't set them high enough, you can reach that complacency, right? So Mm -hmm. I would really, really try and set your goals extremely high. Now, if you saw my goals, most people would probably look at those and and laugh. But you know what? Uh, I'm shooting for them. So that's where I'm going. I would visit those thoughts daily, write them down weekly, period. I went to
0: Walmart, got a whiteboard, put it in my room. I do weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, and then my big goals at the end. So it just like that way I can go like start checking off, but I still visualize the big ones.
1: Yeah. And and I would say that that was one thing that I was constantly telling my kids is, you know, write them down, write them down. And so, you know, you got You have to write them down, but rewrite them. Don't just write them and look at them. Actually rewrite them because your brain does something when you're actually using a pen and actually writing them on paper. So definitely write them. Here's another thing that, I've often told many young people to do, get a dry erase pen and write them on your bathroom mirror. Write your goals on your bathroom mirror. You can wipe it off. I mean, it's a dry erase pen. So write your goals down on your mirror and that way when you're brushing your teeth, you're looking at them every morning as you're brushing your teeth and every night or how often you're brushing your teeth, which should be two, three times a day, you're at least looking at your goals. Then on Saturday, wipe them off or cross off the ones that you've met, and write down the goals again. Make them yeah. big goals, and don't. I think and it's
0: don't... satisfying to check, be able to check them off. Yeah. The little ones. Yes,
1: I used to do that. I would write my goals down on the mirror, and then I stopped doing that when our house cleaner kept cleaning them off the mirror. <laughs> I think she thought that I was crazy, <laughs> and so she she started cleaning, wiping them off the mirror. I said, "Forget it. I'm, I'm just gonna not. Uh, I'm not gonna write them there anymore because." Uh, I didn't want to just... She's
0: probably like go higher.
1: Yeah, she's probably thinking, you know what? <laughs> you're you're not shooting high enough. I'm going to just clean these <laughs> off. So, oh, yeah, hope yeah. that answers the question. Um, let's go to the next one.
0: Okay. Um, I this one I like this one. I'm going to ask it. Um, how do you find companies to invest in? Just hit on that newspaper thing.
1: Okay. So, I find companies that I invest in a couple different ways. The primary way if you're asking about stocks and again, I'm not I, I'm not a I'm not here to provide any financial advice. I cannot give financial um, you know, advice. I'm only sharing what I do. So uh, you're not gonna hear me give any exact particular, um, uh, well, I, I'll tell you some of the things that I actually invest in, but primarily the way I pick companies to invest in is I don't have the time to go into the massive research. So I, I purchased newsletters that actually do the research. So, you know, there's several different uh, letters out there that you can buy. One is Stansbury Research. He's more kind of on the, you know, negative side. Um, and then there's um, uh, Weiss uh, Investment Services. There's uh, uh, Investors Daily there's there several out there and you can go and, and kind of find those and what they do is they send you a newsletter every month and they give you actual picks that they've researched now I don't just go and blindly pick those I go and actually do a little bit more research before I put my money in there I look to see what kind of cash flow they have and I kind of look to see you know what's their balance sheet how do they look as a company what are their you know what's their perspective going forward a lot of people like to invest in, in companies today that don't have really any, any profit so they, they're investing in the future of what they hope the profits will be. I tend to not invest in those. Sometimes I'll put a little bit of money there if the, if the prospect looks really good because I just want to be a part of the, the game going up where you know the, the hysteria comes in and they start buying the shares and it goes way up. And then I'll typically sell off some of it, and I play with the house's money. What I mean by that is, let's say I put in, you know, ten thousand dollars in an investment or into a stock, I will then, and let's say I get a hundred percent run up, I take my ten thousand back, and I leave the other ten thousand in there and let that keep running. And I just let it keep running and running. And I take the ten thousand and start looking for another investment. So uh, I'm particular in what I invest in as well. I don't invest in cannabis stocks because I'm against that. Uh, I do not believe in that. Uh, I think it ruins people's lives and it ruins their chances for success. And you know, if you're sitting around hitting the you know smoking a bowl or whatever, you're you're really just hurting your chances. At uh, you know possible future success, I know people will be like, "Oh well, Elon Musk does or whatever." Bull crap. He may do it once or whatever, and he most likely didn't do it on his way up. He may do it now, but you know the chances of sitting there and smoking you know your cannabis or your marijuana every day and thinking Instead that of you're
0: smoking a bowl, go read a book.
1: Exactly. You're not going to get successful sitting on the couch doing that. So. Uh, that's how I invest in companies. I also look at uh, other opportunities. I, now that because I've been out there so long, uh, I have many people that email me different businesses and say, "Look, I'm looking to invest in this. Would you like to provide some venture capital in that and and invest in that?" Um, you know, so I do that on some. There's a, you know a, a pharma pharmaceutical delivery company that I'm invested in. Um, you know. And, and I'm, I do that kind of privately on the, on the other side. There's also other companies that you can now invest in if you go to seedinvest.com. Uh, you know, again, I don't get any endorsement or anything like that. I'm just telling you what I do. Uh, you know, there's others out there, but Seed Invest is another one that I've used and they give you all the details. You can go through um, you know, different things and, and look at it and you can invest some money in there. And sometimes you can invest as little as $1,000 in some of these private companies. There's uh, a gym here in Texas. I've had the opportunity to possibly invest in that. So there's many, many different ways. I would say just keep it small for now while you're first starting out. Look at Seed Invest. Uh, Realty Mogul is another one if you're looking at possibly investing in big real estate. Those typically are you know you have to at least probably twenty-five to fifty thousand to invest in some of those. So um, you know keep it small while you're looking. Maybe look at Seed Invest. And and if I was going to say anything, if you have any kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, Before you want to start looking at investing in other companies, invest in yourself and invest in your own company first, because that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. So, you know, Jenna has her own, you know, she works for a real estate broker, but she has her own business as a, as a real estate professional, and she's constantly reinvesting in herself. She has to continue to buy classes. She has to continue, continuously invest in her own business. And that's where you're going to get the most growth is investing in yourself
0: referring back to episode one um okay next question this is a good one i'm debating going to college but my parents want me but my parents want me to any advice
1: okay i get that question a lot uh, from younger people and here's what i'm going to say i'm going to try and keep this as as quickly as i can possibly do it because i would I can actually go into about a half hour (laughs) into this. What I would say is if you don't have a plan for what you want to do in your future, then by all means go to college. But I would not go to college to try and get a English degree or some kind of woodworking degree or something like that. If you're going to go to college, make it because you're going to become a lawyer, a doctor, or you're going to get a business degree because you can use that among Teacher. you know anything teaching degree. Yes, nursing, uh, those are all good degrees. We need good good teachers out there. And so, if you're going to get an English degree, then no, you know you're most likely going to end up becoming a teacher and and that's fine we need we need teachers but if you really don't have any idea and you're like i have no idea what i want to do you know then sure take your general classes at first and then you can pick your your degree in your second year another thing that a lot of uh people are are scared to do is they want to go to the big university first which is extremely expensive but really, what I would recommend is possibly go to the community college first. Save yourself some money. You can get some of the generals there. Make sure if you want to know, like if you're going to go to CU, let's say, make sure that if you're going to go to whatever XYZ college or university, make sure that those transfer those credits will transfer over. If, uh, you know, the thing is about parents always trying to push their kids into it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I pushed. I tried to push my kids into it. But at the end of the day, it's your life, it's your decision, and don't waste your parents' money or go into massive debt um, to sit there and just go party and aimlessly wander around and not knowing what the hell you're going to do. So, you know, the best thing you can do for yourself young while you're graduating from high school or getting ready to graduate from high school is really start envisioning what you want for your life and then go and do that. So Jenna came to me and said, Hey, look, I'm not going to college. And I was like, yeah, you are. And, and she had already been accepted to see you. So as a parent, it is a little bit disappointing because I wanted her to go to see you, but really, why do I want her to go to see you? Well, often it's because I think parents want to they want to brag, oh, you know, my kid's are you know, or whatever. My kid went to see you, whatever. And when I really looked at it, she came to me with a full-on business plan written out in a binder and said, here's my business plan. You know I've wanted to be a, a, a realtor since I was like seven years old. And this is, you know, I don't need a college degree to go and, and be that. I want to start that now. And when, after her mother and I looked at her business plan, we said, you know what? You you got it. You know, this looks great. So go get it now, and yeah, don't waste your time four years in in college when in that four years you can make a lot of money. And she she's done great, and she's already made a, a large investment into a company herself uh, that you know is cash going to cash flow to her. So I would say really have a plan. If you don't want to go to college, then at least have a plan or look at trade schools because you can go to a trade school become an electrician and come out making almost a hundred grand a year, you know, or a plumber making like 80,000 a year or a vet tech, you know, maybe making like 40,000 a year. So you can literally go to like a year or two years of school and come out making a lot of money. And then you can play the game of investing and everything. And, and you can actually become very wealthy, even doing some of those things. You just have to start thinking and understanding and learning how to become an investor. So, I would say that if you know what you want to do and it doesn't require a college degree, then have a good plan. Have a business plan. Present it to your parents and say, look, this is what I really want to do. I can always go back to college later, but I want to go and do this. And then work your ass off like no other to make sure that it's successful as Jenna is doing still today. Uh, So, because you have
0: to have a, a good plan to bring to your parents if they're the type of parents that are like all on you about college, then bring a plan and then follow through with the plan. And the only reason I brought that plan was because I knew that where could I be if I started now? Where could I be in four years? Instead of in four years having to start like. But that's different because I knew what I wanted to do. If you don't know what you want to do, look into trade school. Look into going to community college or go to college. We love CU. Cameron graduated from CU, my right. brother. Yep. And you can go there. Just don't go and party all the time and, and not waste your work time on something. And
1: get bad grades and then have to retake classes over and over again because now you're just wasting time and money. Exactly. So no, have a plan. If not, go to trade school. I'll be honest. I would recommend going to trade school or go to join the air force you know join the military because you know you you'll learn a lot there you'll grow up a lot there and they'll literally pay for your college as well so uh, there's different ways that you can do that as well speak to some recruiting offices because sometimes you can just join the reserves and they'll pay for your college on that and all you're doing is basically they also
0: pay you when you're out for
1: right and and you're just going things. you're just going to to you know wherever they send you for one or a weekend a month Right. so I mean heck that's a great way to do it and you know you're making something of yourself just don't so.
0: lollygag <laughs> actually just start thinking what do you want to do and start working towards it don't just waste four years
1: yep the earlier you start the better so I hope that answers the question hopefully don't um, don't just do it just because your parents want it do it because okay. it's what you need to do
0: next question I'm in sales and I hate being told no what is your advice to get over that
1: So I think uh, that's a good one. And what I would say is I think you really need to reframe how you look at sales because no is part of the equation. You're not gonna sell every single prospect that you come across. And I really, really think that number first and foremost, you have to be excited and you have to believe in what you're selling because if you don't believe in what you're selling, then it's going to be really hard to sell it to someone else. So that might be the first place that you look at and say, Hey, do I really believe in what I'm selling? Maybe I should go into a different sales job and sell something that I can believe in. The next thing is, is that, uh, I used to be in sales when I was doing the mortgages. I received a lot of no's was trying to sell to a lot of realtors to have them send me their clients, etc. And, I made it into a game because I hated being told no as well. I mean, I literally had doors slammed in my face. I literally had um, people that were just so extremely rude to me and I was like, who the hell do you think you are? I'm better than you. (laughs) And here you are, you know, slamming the door in my face. And so it is kind of an ego buster, but then I looked at it and said, you know what, I'm gonna, I need to do something here. So I reframed it all. And I said, I looked at it and I said, okay, turned it into a game and I said, how many no's am I getting before I get to a yes? And I remember that uh, it seemed like my average was about 22 no's for every yes that I was getting. So I started tracking that and said, look, I'm going to make it into a game. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get so good that and that became one of my goals that I'm going to you know, lower that, that uh, pull through rate Uh, significantly. So what did I start doing? I started taking all of the classes. I started going to all of the free classes that the title company was offering on different things. I really studied my craft really, really well. I got really strongly educated in everything that I was selling, all the different programs. I could have almost underwritten some of the programs myself. So the, the point is, is I became very educated. I did it myself on what I was selling. Then I also looked at it and said, "Why would you want to use anyone else? I'm the best. I know this." And so I believed in what I was selling. I knew what I was selling in and out, and that's what—that's how I really helped myself. I eventually turned that, like I said, turned it into a game. It was 22 nos for every yes. I then got down to the point where it was like 15 nos to every yes. Then it was like you know, or 10 nos to every yes, and eventually I got it down to uh, about. You know five or six nos for every yes and and that's when the money really started coming in because I was really really started to really gain traction there, but I did it by educating myself and I looked at it and reframed it differently and said, "Hey, that's just another no. I know that I have just a few more nos before I get to that yes and i the other thing is is that um, most the time young people when they first go into sales, they're making it about themselves and they're looking at what they're getting. Take yourself out of the equation and actually really try to help your prospect. Make it about them. And if you do that, you'll find that sales is a lot more fun and no's are a lot easier to take. Take yourself out of it. It's Take your ego out of it. It doesn't matter. You're really just trying to help people. If you have a very good product or service and you know it's good, you can stand behind it, you believe in it yourself, then why would you you're helping people. You're helping them have a great service or product. So, you know, really make it about them. And uh, you'll notice that sales is just a lot more fun to do and knows who cares less. You could care less about the nose.
0: Just don't care about the nose. Who cares? It doesn't matter.
1: Well, most of the time, if you're worrying about the nose, it's because you're worried about um, people. Well, you're worried about what people think of you. And I think maybe to a fault. I, you know, again, I taught my kids from a very early age. I was always worried about, you know school when they're in school um uh, you know what you know bullies and all that and so I was always wearing so I always started tra- teaching them or training them when I was young don't worry about what people think of you they're always going to have their own opinions and whatever their opinions are are none of your business so who cares what they think about you you know I know that there's a lot of people out there and a lot of times it's people that are close to you and they probably you know might look at this and be like oh you know Paul's doing this now, or Paul and Jenna are now, you know, doing this, and they're gonna have their opinions. Well, you know what? I, I really don't care. You, those are your opinions, and you know what? They're none of my business. So you can you can have them all you want. And what I would say is, oftentimes when you're worried about what other people think, what I would tell you is, don't worry about what they think. Focus on your success, and then let their coveted, jealous asses
0: <laughs>
1: sulk in it when when. You have that success because the ones that are watching you the hardest are, are typically your haters and not necessarily your supporters. So use that as fuel to go out there and become everything you can so that you can rub their noses in it later. And that's what I would really say about that. Don't worry. Don't worry about let, let your success do your, the speaking for you. Focus on that. Don't focus on them. They're going to have their opinions no matter what. And I think I got a little bit off base there there, but yeah
0: (laughs) the only opinion that matters is god's in my in my
1: opinion (laughs) absolutely all right i think we got time for one more question we're definitely going to have to do another uh, we'll do
0: q a's all the time we'll
1: do them randomly and you know go back and go back back to the steps too Mm -hmm. so let's do one more question and
0: um okay question is how important of a role would you say that God has played in your career?
1: How important would I say that God has? Um, I would say I can't say because words can't even justify the importance that, um, that I believe that God has placed in, uh, in, in my success. I give all my success uh, to Him and fully believe that without him i wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere, and i will won't be able to achieve anything in the future without him, so um, I sure don't want to do it by myself. I know that there's been times when you just can't explain it. Um, there are things that happen that you just look up and say okay I know that was 100% you I know that you helped me with that and so I don't think I can even come close I would have to spend hours going over the different examples that I have um, that where he has helped me along the way even just in, in personal things in business in investing in success uh, you know, I give all uh glory to God, and I know that without any question, He is the one that has helped me and I would say first and foremost, you know I would highly recommend that you you go and search that out yourself as well because it 's hard to do it you know by yourself <laughs> it's it 's pretty much impossible to do it by yourself, but when you when you have God there with you. You, it doesn't matter. You can walk into any room because if you know you have him there, you can get any kind of no. You can get any kind of rejection. You can you can be as bold as you want because you're not there trying to impress people. You only have him to impress. And that's what I would say. I'll give you one example. There was a time we had a, our businesses going. Things got a little bit rough there for a minute uh, as kind of in the beginning and um, we we had a large payroll that was due. It was it was due on uh, that Thursday, I believe. Uh, this is like 20 years ago, um, but at the time it was pretty large payroll for us. And and you know things had happened during that time, and we were looking, and we were tens of thousands of dollars short, and. By the grace of God, you know we that Monday came along, and I want to say it was maybe like thirty thousand, close to thirty thousand short on payroll. Which that's a huge number uh, when you're pretty young. I mean, I was my early thirties or late twenties at that time, and we didn't know what we were going to do. We I had maxed out my credit cards. I you know I didn't have any more. In my own accounts. I put everything in that I had and I looked up and I said, God, I'm just putting it in your hands. And I stand here today and I tell you as honestly as I can, that Monday, my wife called me and said, you're never going to believe this. And I said, what? And she said, I just had the XYZ family come in. They have, um, I think they had three kids and they asked if they could pay annually. In other words, pay for a year up front. And and, uh, she says, you know, they would get a a pretty big discount to do that. And the amount that they were paying was just over like $30,000. And they wanted to just write a check for that to pay for the three kids for the whole year. Like I said, they were getting a pretty big discount, but, um, and so we said, yeah, and she took it and guess what? We made our payroll and rebuilt from there and next thing you know we were onto a very good a very good projection from there. So like I said I could go hours into that but for me it is, it is uno numeral number one. It is number one in my life. I, I let God steer me first and I go second on everything else. But. He's first in everything. I, before I invest in anything, before I do a business decision, I always look at him and say, "God, is this is this something that you want me to do? Can I do this? Um, you know, and you approve of it? And if I get the feeling that the answer is no, I absolutely won't do it. I don't care how profitable it looks or anything else. And there's been many deals that I then find out that I skip because I just I could feel it that it wasn't what I should do." And later on, I find out that it totally bombed. And I look up again and I say, thank you, God. Thank you for steering me away from that. Again, I could go in hours in this. So I hope I hope I've drilled that home as much as I can. It's number one for me. Okay. So
0: Um, we have a bunch more questions, but don't really have time to go through them. So um, we'll do another Q&A again later. But next episode, we're going to go back to um, breaking down the steps
1: kind of the next steps of what you know again what I suggest and what you should be looking at and um, again uh, we just really want to say thank you to all of you that have tuned in we appreciate you greatly and uh, we will see you next time thanks again